0: Welcome back, everybody. We got a brand new episode for you guys today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a fun episode today.
1: Uh, we're going to be talking about a uh, you know different group of topics. I think we're going to kind of cover a few different things, um, but it's going to be a good time, so we'll get into it.
0: Um, I keep remembering that every time I do the the opening, I end it on like a high note as if i 'm going to continue saying something and then I never yeah, do on an, <laughs> on an
1: upward inflection like you're gonna
0: yeah, yeah you're gonna ask a question <laughs>
1: but um yeah, so before we started the recording, I started talking stuff about um sergio oliva jr 's um uh unfortunate circumstance in dubai um i 'm really glad that he 's okay and that the whole situation is kind of resolved at this point, but basically what ended up happening was, um, I kind of follow him on social media and saw his Instagram video about it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. But basically what ended up happening was Sergio Oliva was in Dubai for a little while and he was saying he wanted to experience all of Dubai and it got leaked that he was in jail there. Um, which he's been in jail a few times previously, mainly for fighting from what he said, but, um, he said, "This time it was it was a unique situation. So what happened was, in in Dubai, everybody drives a little bit differently, right? Than than compared to the U.S. where he's from, so um, or even Canada for that matter. So yeah, I was um, gonna say
0: the U.S. is different from everybody else.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I know we're a little different. In each state, is a little different. Everybody's a little different throughout the U.S. But for the most part, all the road laws are the same. Everybody kind of acts the same for the most part." Um, but Dubai it's different where couriers on motorcycles, mopeds, even cars will like really drive erratically. And it's something you gotta get used to while driving in the UAE. But um he was changing lanes and didn't know that there was a guy on a motorcycle or a moped, I'm not sure which one he said, but he was lane splitting and he, he looked through his mirror, he said he didn't see anybody, then he went and the guy was apparently just weaving lanes and he popped up and sideswiped the guy in the moped. What ended up happening was the moped guy crashed and he rolled into another lane and got ran over by a truck. Um, Jesus. So, he said it was one of the most horrific things he'd ever seen in his life and he ran over to help him. Um, what the paramedics ended up saying was that he broke his leg and could have some internal bleeding, stuff like that, so they brought him to the hospital. Um, you know, he was there for a few hours with the police, um, you know, writing down insurance information and what happened and all that, the police found him not at fault because the guy wasn't supposed to be doing that in the first place. Um, so they found him at, not at fault. Then, um, he went home and middle of the night, the police knocked on his door and arrested him. Um, because the due process there is that in the case of a death. Involved with somebody else, they have to thoroughly investigate the entire thing because what ended up happening was the guy passed away in the hospital. Um, very, very unfortunate situation. Um, even just thinking about how I would react to it almost makes me emotional because it's like, like, especially being a motorcycle rider myself, um, if I was doing something stupid, I wouldn't want somebody feeling guilty about, you know my death being caused hypothetically, but it still weighs heavily on people. Um, so, you know, he has to live with that burden for the rest of his life uh, that even though it wasn't necessarily his fault, it was still an action he was involved in. Um, but basically he was in jail because that's the due process. Um, there is no bail, nothing like that. So he had to go to court and, um, you know, it was up to the judge's ruling what ended up happening. And from my understanding, I think they let him go and everything's fine, but um, it it just is something to comment that, you know, nobody, nobody is invincible. Nobody, you know, we're like the biggest bodybuilders in the world are just human, you know, we're, they're all human. They're all people. Um, and that kind of grounded the the situation a bit more, um, for these bodybuilders. And, um, it was just something to mention real quick. He did have like a five, six minute video talking about it. Um, you could see that it was weighing on him and he was getting kind of emotional during it. So I suggest that you go to his Instagram and check it out. But Um, just something to mention real quick, uh, that's involved in the bodybuilding community. And on a side note too, kind of on a little, little side note, not really related to that was the backlash from the Olympia. Cause I know we talked about the Olympia recently. So, um, or not the Olympia, the Arnold, the backlash from the Arnold. A lot of big Rami fans are really pissed off with the Arnold judges. They felt that um, Ar- uh, Rami should have gotten the win, or at least beaten Nick Walker, because side by side, Rami looks bigger in some photos and and leaner. Um, but the problem is is that the it's up to the judges first of all, and second of all, it when you're when you're biased towards someone, you're going to see it differently than the reality. And the reality is that in some all of his upper body big Rami was washed out where Nick wasn't. Um, So Nick just brought an overall better lean package than, than Rami did. So that's what it came down to. But just wanted to mention that, that there's a lot of uh, people really upset with the Arnold judges because of Rami's, I think it was fifth place placing. And then Arnold, uh, the social media also posted the top four on their Instagram and cut out Rami for top five. Like it was a photo and like, it looked, uh, looked lopsided, right? Cause it's like, It goes one, two, or no, he got, what what did he get? Fourth. It was fourth, I think. So it goes one, two, three, four, five, but they showed one, two, three, and five, which is Sean Cleary does fifth. So they cut out fourth. So they're like, what the hell? Why are you cutting out Rami out of this photo? People think it might've been unintentional, but it's just interesting to see people getting all butthurt about shit like that. Like, I don't know. I didn't even know what happened. And and yet I saw it on Nick strength and power and was just like, wow, this is fucking astounding. (laughs) But the conspiracies inside of uh, bodybuilding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. People, people talk about how people are paid off, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I don't know. That was, it was kind of funny to me, but that was just a little start to
0: today's session. Well, across any sport, there's going to be people who think that there's payoffs and stuff like that. So you just oh, have yeah. to, you, I mean, it's, it's just natural. There's nothing that, you know, like it, no, everyone can say they're not a sore loser, but. Everybody has a little bit that will get them going. And uh, they'll make comments like that. And in regards to your first part about how bodybuilders are just human, like that goes for, you know, the big dudes at your gym too. Like Mm -hmm. if you think that that big dude in the gym is there just to get his business done and doesn't want any interaction at all, like you might be right. But at the same time that dude and Paul and I have said it before, the biggest dudes are most often the nicest dudes. (laughs) So you just, yeah. Do not be worried about like, you know, thinking they're on some kind of level that you're not because like Paul was saying, they're everybody's human. Like everybody has the same ways that we in like at a very base tier interact with each other. So do not feel as though the biggest bodybuilders in the gym or if you don't even have any bodybuilders, they're just the biggest dudes. Don't think that they're anything different than you. You can absolutely approach them.
1: Yeah, there is there is this guy I've talked about on here before, uh enormous bodybuilder, almost always the biggest in the gym whenever he's there. Um one of the biggest in the area near me in Charlotte, that's for sure. Um he's big enough to where the judges were like, "Yeah, you're not meant for classic, you're meant for open." Like that's how big this guy is. Um so I sent him this meme and it showed it showed um it said what big bodybuilders look like in the gym and it showed SpongeBob and he was like ginormous hmm. and like muscular and he's ripping his shirt off or whatever with the headband on and it showed their personality and it showed like the smooth SpongeBob going hi how are you and i'm like that's huh. literally him like you like he looks so intimidating like he doesn't even like have headphones he uses wired apple earbuds like that's how serious this dude is in the gym like he don't give a fuck and then you go up to him and you're like hey what's up and just the biggest smile on his face he's got bright blue eyes like just such a nice guy and like (sighs) he'll have a conversation with anybody so it's just you never you never know who the hell you're gonna encounter and i think the worst people that i've ever encountered in the gym were like like for the people who the the cocky guys who are relatively new but making gains for the first time are the worst people I see in the gym. So it's not even the experienced guys who've been there forever. It's the new guys who think that they're better than everybody. That's, that's what I've seen is, is not the best people, but that's just my experience. But yeah, bigger bodybuilders are a lot of the time, really, really nice guys. And they're very, very smart too, because they know a lot about the human anatomy. So that just comes with intelligence.
0: Yeah. I think the worst ones are the, uh, guys who get jealous of other people's gains like you can see the yes. looks that people give and like oftentimes they're like people like me where you're in either the early stages of that whole process of of being super disciplined or if you're just like i don't know stuck on some gains or something and you start seeing other dudes getting bigger or they're just already bigger and People get jealous like that's the whole thing about leaving the ego at the door and there's a couple dudes at Empire that I I will shift my entire workout and go away from not that they're jealous for me by any means they're jealous of people around me but it's just so like negative to be around someone who's yeah. sending out looks like that so I just have to yeah. leave and get out.
1: Yeah, The energy is not something you want to be around. That's for sure. And the same type of, type of people. The first thing I thought of when you said that was the same type of people. Was like, well, of course he's bigger than me. He's on steroids. Is that <laughs> type of like that type of person? Like the only reason they're bigger or better than me is because they're on steroids. That's the only reason. And yet they can't even like name a three like three different anabolics are like really what they do. They just think that steroids means bigger and better. Like that's all they think. So it's that's the same type of person. And the same type of people think that. When you take steroids, you're all all of a sudden massive and lean, but that's not how it works. So it's just hmm. it's interesting to to hear those guys try to justify why they look like shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Paul, it's not anabolics; it's just called steroids. There's one it's, steroid. <laughs> yeah, they're all.
1: It's all just testosterone, man. It's natural. It's one steroid. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I can't stand that shit. Just people using other people's hypothetical steroid use as their as their excuse why they don't look good or don't
0: feel good in their own skin um but to each their own. that's how they want to live their life the thing about you know anabolic use is that it doesn't at all do the the crazy physique for you it just gives you the opportunity to achieve that physique because that physique is not normally attainable so all it does is open the door for you you still have to put in the work
1: yeah let me put it this way so naturally i'm not meant to put on like muscle or anything like that. I'm just not built for it. It's probably the French blood
0: in me or whatever it is.
1: I'm not sure. I'm French and English. Yeah. so Whichever yeah, one I can that see, is. I, I,
0: I can see the white flag behind you. I, I got yeah, that. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Yeah. I surrendered <laughs> every situation. Thanks. That's not, I'm not very proud of that. Um, so thankfully, mostly Canadian French, which is also kind of fucked up because I hate Canadians. No offense, Canada. I just, I don't like Justin Trudeau. Um, but uh I don't think that you should be able to take cocaine and not have a firearm. But uh so for me naturally I can't build shit. Like I've tried very very hard um to put on muscle to lose fat naturally and it just my genetics just are not there. The only thing I had genetics for was traps and calves. That's it. That's all I had genetics for. Um but then the second I started taking anabolics everything clicked. It just perfect. It's just exactly what I needed. It's it's all that I needed to truly start making progress in the gym. So for me, I am a hyper responder to anabolic. So the only real way for me to make serious, serious gains is with assistance from anabolics. And I know that people are going to be like, oh, that's kind of a cop out. But like, that's the reality is I tried extremely hard uh, I did everything I could. And all I could do was like lose some weight, but putting on muscle is extremely hard for my my for me genetically. And when I'm even on TRT or like a cruise cycle around like 150 megs, which is like even on the upper end of testosterone, I should be around a thousand nanograms on like TRT. I'm still not really gaining anything. Um, I'm making slight progress as far as like fat loss goes, but uh muscle progress truly takes like some anabolics for me to get there. And this just It's just the way my body responds some people build amazing naturally but then the second they take steroids everything falls to shit it just depends on your body um so sometimes anabolics um is the reason why guys are able to put on muscle and i'm one of them you know and it's so it's not always the truth and would i be if i could would i do this naturally absolutely i would love to not be able to take anabolics and just do great naturally and put on muscle, lose fat. Some guys can do that. Some guys can get to the pro level naturally. And I'm extremely jealous of that. And I'm extremely envious, really not really jealous, just envious. Um, but that my genetics just don't call for it. So not always do steroids mean that they're taking the easy way out. Sometimes it's the only way that we can do this, do what we love and make progress. Because what's the point of me working my ass off for 10 years and barely making any progress in, in, in competitive bodybuilding, we have a time frame. It's not something we can do forever. You know, I can't just pick this up at 50 years old and try again. It's not golf. You know, you can't, you can golf till you're fucking blue in the face at 80, but bodybuilding, you can only really drew, do professionally until maybe like 40. And then your, your health really starts to ter- deteriorate from there. So there's a ticking time clock on this. So I'm trying to take advantage of my age now, and that's where anabolics comes in. So I just wanted to mention that because just because somebody's on anabolics doesn't necessarily mean they're taking the easy way out or, or making it easy for them because you still got to work as hard and to, to really avoid the health risks. You got to work twice as hard in the gym. You got to hit as way harder than you normally could and um because of that your energy is higher and your strength is higher so now you're pushing even harder the weight. you're pushing the harder the weight even harder you're progressively overloading faster like you're going even harder on anabolics than you are without it um i know that there's been studies done we've talked about it before where guys will take tren or um anadrol whatever without even lifting and still gain like insane amount of muscle granted that's also the superficial muscle they're not going to keep it but um like, you know, there was a study done where a guy, the there was a there was a group of people, group of guys, they took Anadrol under a blind test. And, um, the guys who went to the gym naturally gained like two pounds less muscle than the guys who didn't go to the gym, but took Anadrol. Um, so steroids do put on muscle even when you're not doing anything, but they're going to lose that once they get off Anadrol. It's superficial muscle. It's not dense muscle. Um, so they do really take you to the next level, but that's not always the case for a lot of people. Um, So keep that in mind when you're, when you're kind of judging someone, whether or
0: not they take steroids, because sometimes it's their only option in my case, find any little vial you can in the gym locker room and take it. Don't even measure it. Just take it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: dude, (laughs) dude. I saw this clip from Pain and Gain, which you guys got to watch. If you guys haven't seen the movie Pain and Gain with um, Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne Johnson, phenomenal movie. Um,
0: Perfect actors for it. I can't think. I gotta get a pump.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I gotta think. I gotta get a pump. And he's like, Yep. Do what? You-. He's like, Take your time. Take your time. And then, yeah. So in that movie, it's a it's based off a real story. Three bodybuilders uh, kidnap a business owner and try to have him sign over all of his assets to them legally. So like, they got his signature on a paper and went to the bank to get it done. So. Uh, what's funny is that in the beginning, when they're injecting steroids, supposedly steroids, first of all, they're not even injecting it remotely close to their glute. They're doing like their adductor. It's not even close, but second of all, the, the, when they pull out, so they pull it out in the gym. You don't also want to do that. There's, you're not going to ever see anybody pinning in a gym because it's, it's fucking illegal. So you're not going to do it in a public place. Um, but they're pinning in the gym. And the vials say muscle juice on it with a skull and crossbones. That's what's on the vial muscle juice. I'm like, what the fuck is that? What are they? In? And it's like a fucking fat vial too. It's not like, cause typically vials come in either 10 milliliters or 20 milliliters. They're pretty small vials. They're not that big. Um, especially if you're going to do something like PCT, they'll even be like five milliliter vials, which are fucking mm. tiny. So they're tiny as vials they are not big. Um, but their fucking vial is like this fucking big. It's like there's like 100 milliliters in there. I'm like, dude, you're going to have a bowling ball of a fucking knot in your muscle when you inject that. I know it's a movie. I'm just saying it's just funny to me that I'm like, this is so un- incredibly inaccurate. It's but not that's even what close. Called,
0: that's why it's called steroid. There's one steroid. You put it all in the it's bottle. Muscle <laughs> juice.
1: It's muscle juice. You just drink it like Gatorade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it, was, the- it was hard. Well, also the really ironic part of that movie is that, you know, Mark Wahlberg is pretty open or not super open, but he doesn't deny uh, the, the the juice uh, that he's on it for his different acting roles. Whereas yeah. The Rock has never, ever had a conversation like prior to every interview, you have to do clear a set of steps and you're yep. not allowed to ask him about steroid use yeah so. which
1: like is fucking first of all is genius on his part because he's like just don't even ask me about it because if you ask the question that opens up pandora's box that's it you can't go back once yep. somebody asks the question that's why i'm transparent from the beginning because if we ever get like if, if anybody who's in bodybuilding ever gets big and they get that question if you're just transparent from the beginning you're going to get way more respect And Kenny KO is a good example of that. He goes around, he went around LA fit expo. And I think he went around the Arnold and asked people if they're natural. And all the people who said that they are when they're clearly not got flamed. and all the people who said they're not when they're clearly not got respected. So if you're going to get the question asked to you, at least be transparent, but in Dwayne Johnson's, Situation, I completely respect him for not talking about it, but the reality is he's on steroids. It's the reality, and chances are he's probably on a shit ton of them, especially at his age, to keep the muscle mass he's on and and eat the. I was going to say eats.
0: that's what I was about to bring up. The foods, yeah, not even his regular diet strictly just cheat day meals for him. Yes, you cannot eat Holy that without shit. some kind of assistance.
1: Like I'm like I'm looking at this meat has like I almost had to stop looking at them because I'm like, dude, how are you not fucking dead? Like his Sunday cheat days are fucking ludicrous, like it doesn't even make any like i don't even half the time I don't even fucking buy that he even eats all that like he like does like two double pizzas, like the pizza on top of another,
0: and then like twelve <laughs> pancakes for breakfast or panc- something I'm like the pancakes I'm, are wild, and I'm they're like, like what like, the fuck? they're not like the hand, like the individual pancakes it's plate pancakes
1: <laughs> yeah they're huge and they're fat. I'm like, dude, what?" Like it also doesn't make any sense too. why he's able to eat that cheat day and still stay pretty lean because anybody who's in bodybuilding can tell you that one cheat meal, one cheat day will set you back a week and you'll put on water I mean, like crazy and it's fucking not
0: good. The one, The one thing I'll kind of defend on his part is that he is without a doubt the hardest worker in the room. Like and he's he's built his whole brand about around that, but like it's not just the persona for him. He legit is the hardest working person in the room, Um, and I think like he probably after eating that cheat meal probably goes, "All right, I I messed up." I mean, he does it every week, but like internally, I messed up. It's time to absolutely crush it. And I bet you he doesn't post a single picture. So his cheat day is Sunday, I think. So I bet you he doesn't post a single shirtless picture that monday and only we will do it again on tuesday just because he's probably bloated to the roof on monday
1: like so one of the main things i take to not get bloated when i have a refeed or a cheat meal um is activated charcoal and it really does help a lot so if you guys have a refeed that's pretty that's pretty big and you want to avoid bloating take some activated charcoal before and after and you won't feel bloated um it's just pill form it's super easy I can only imagine how can, much fucking activated charcoal I need to
0: take for that fucking meal. <laughs> or, or you can go to your local fire pit and grab a piece of charcoal from the uh, from the yeah, bottom of the fire. Just chew on that shit like an yeah. animal, like a fucking
1: animal. Like insert <laughs> going... insert Joe Rogan's bear impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> We're, going the...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going back to the We're going back to the primal ways. Yeah, the nine essential ancestral, ancestral the, the,
0: tenants. What one of the ancestral tenants is chew on a piece of charcoal. <laughs> yeah, he probably would
1: do that shit. Be like, this house is bloating. Why would you take <laughs> pill form activated charcoal when there's clearly activated fucking charcoal in your fire pit? <laughs> yeah. So um with that being said, uh kind of shooting the shit for 20 minutes. Let's get into the main topic for today. Oh,
0: that's lame. You gotta have a better segue than that.
1: Um, so Dwayne Johnson has his own gym, so he lifts there whatever he wants and he has a good split. So let's talk about splits. Um, <laughs> so there's 3 million different kinds of splits. Also, speaking of which, actually Dwayne Johnson spends so much money having his gym travel with him. It's
0: fucking That's, insane. It's, it's, hilarious. The entire like, gym moves with him. Like the
1: amount of fuck you money he has to have that yeah. gym, first of all, and have it transported f- on a plane and have a dedicated team build it for him wherever he is is fucking crazy. Like yeah. I don't want I don't even know if I want that much money. Like I feel like that'd be stressful having that much money. <laughs> like you, you, I'd be like stressed people are going to try to steal it from me all the
0: time. I think that's also such like a I don't know, maybe I'm not going to say baller move but like let's say he flies into, you know, LA. Like and, and there's good gyms in LA. Him oh, phenomenal just openly like <laughs> by bringing your own gym you are openly saying your gym's not good enough for me <laughs> so <laughs> here's my other point of view with that so he get he talks about how he gets
1: stopped constantly in gyms to say for people to say hi i think that's the reason why he does it i don't oh, think it's less it. i think it's less about the equipment like obviously he picked all the best equipment and whatever agrees with him physically i think it's less about that and it's more about not getting bothered and he he's apparently from everybody says he's really nice guy when you see him and take photos and all of that, which is great. I mean, his fans are the reason why he's able to do all of this, but I think that it's so that he's not bothered. He's able to train properly, you know, have a camera crew with him and take photos and shit and not have to worry about a busy gym. So I think that's really what he pays that money for. Um, It's not the equipment. It's it's the experience is being able to do what he needs to do. Um, But again, I think that it's crazy that people think, that he could remotely be natural but that's yeah. a whole another conversation i think it's crazy um but yeah so to segue um i don't know what his split is at all i could tell he has a dedicated leg day that's all i can really tell um but that's something we wanted to talk about today is is um what kind of splits there are out there in the world because there's so so many um and what's Most- the perfect split for you
0: Yeah. And I was going to say most of our listeners probably know what a split is, but just to just in case there's anybody who doesn't, which is totally fine too. Like even some of the most simple terms that we throw out there can be things that people don't always have an idea of. And that's totally Mm -hmm. fine. Um, but a training split is quite literally just how you schedule your workout days and what workouts you do within those days. So like you heard Paul just say that, Uh, The Rock has a dedicated leg day. Leg day in itself is basically, well, that's part of a split. You have a leg day, then you have some other days uh, for different muscle groups, depending on what you want to target. But it's quite literally just how you break up your workouts. And then once you've broken up the workouts, how you schedule Mm -hmm. those workouts. Correct. And again, it's just to preface... Most of our viewers probably understand what a training spot is, but just in case you didn't, mm. that's it. Which is actually someone asked me uh what a suicide grip is after our hmm. uh chest uh um video or yeah. podcast. And uh I thought that's why I'm gonna start defining like all the terms that we like you and I think are pretty uh simple, but um because to me I was like, oh, I know exactly what a suicide grip is. But then when I sat there and tried to explain it to him I realized how wild that sounds to someone who's never done that particular grip so yeah not to not to derail there but that's what a training split is guys
1: yeah so um if you guys ever have any questions or want us to address something on the podcast feel free to email us hgh at hghcast.com I know we don't mention it that much um but email us there And then our website hghcast.com on the individual episodes when they're posted to the site they get automatically posted when we post up the podcast episodes you guys can watch the video there um as well as the audio but um there's a comment section uh so you guys can also leave comments on the website you guys can like it leave comments so if you guys wanted to ask us a question email us leave a comment um we also have a youtube channel as well so you guys can leave comments there Um, maybe if we get enough questions from people, we might even have a whole question dedicated episode. Um, but we will cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, but in the meantime, if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out HGH, uh, HGH at HGHcast.com. Uh, and we'll address those questions. So it's, it's a good thing that you brought that up. Um, also on a quick side note, we also, uh, had our best day ever as far as total listens. Um, so you know we're a new podcast. We love all of you guys. We love everybody who's listening. We love all of our fans um, and all of our listeners. But we had a 38 listen day, which for us is double what our our second highest is, which is 19. So that was actually hit 1K. Exciting. Yeah, we hit 1K. We're at 1,074 plays, which is so incredibly exciting. Um, we love you guys. We really appreciate you guys. We have so far we have a unique audience of 60 different people listening, um, which is awesome. So. Uh, please spread the word. Uh, if you guys like what we're talking about, tell other people about it. Because we're 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 only relying on natural growth right now. We're not paying for anybody to promote us. We're not advertising, nothing like that. It's all up to you guys to spread the word, and um, we do it for ourselves, and we love doing this podcast. Um, but we also love having listeners, too. And I think that the more people we can reach out to,
0: the better. Um, Actually, so- that that's that's not entirely true. I paid for an advertisement on my cast. So on my cast, <laughs> it says HGH. And then I don't write the word cast because it's a cast. See so what
1: to- <laughs> I put. Um, I put H. Uh, my Instagram now has HGH podcast in it. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this in here
0: so people, you know, see it at least. But um, I, I tattooed a tramp stamp with our uh, logo on it, so every time I do like RDLs or something, people see it. <laughs> yeah, it just says HGH Podcast, and it it's like a, I'm going to get a QR code on, on, my, on my ass. <laughs> scan
1: my ass. Um, so that when I'm flexing, or like what I'm going to do is when I'm when I'm competing, I'm going to put it like right in the smack dab middle of my traps. So when I do my back pose, there's a QR code you can scan, you go to my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know you guys are great. So um, please just spread the word. I mean, we're, we're international. We got a good l- amount of listeners in the UK, which is awesome. Um, we got Indonesia, India, Australia. I mean, we got so many countries now. Um, we love you guys. We have a good concentration over at Apple Podcasts. So we're working on getting video up. Apple Podcasts. I know that a lot of podcasts you guys prefer to listen to. I mean, I listen to podcasts and I prefer to listen to them versus video just because I'm usually driving or something like that when I'm listening. But if you guys ever want to watch the video, I want it available to you guys. Because um, a lot of people, you know, for instance, who watch Joe Rogan, a lot of people like to pull up Spotify on their computer or something and watch the video when they're talking. Um, but so I want to have that at least available to you guys. So we're working on it. Apple is a little bit different than Spotify. We do have the video up on Spotify as well as a website. So if you wanted to watch it, you can watch it there for free. Um, and we don't do any sort of monetization. We don't do any advertising or anything like that. We make $0 off this podcast. And I don't know if we ever will. So we just love to do it for the for the passion of it and appreciate you guys listening. Um, so if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on social media if you know us. Also email us, hgh.hgh.cat hdh at hdhcast.com um or leave a comment on our website or youtube um but with that and being said speaking of questions paul what's the first training split you want to talk about yeah with being said um <laughs> i will talk about um i think we should start with what you shouldn't do i think is the better idea um really the only <laughs> so, split so- you
0: shouldn't do my my training split from uh, a year ago? <laughs> yes, you really the
1: only training split you shouldn't do is seven days a week. That's really the only one you shouldn't do, no matter what muscles you're hitting. Um, I mean, if you count like five days in the gym or whatever lifting and then you do two days of cardio or something like that separate, that's a different story. Um, but as far as like actual weight training, uh, do not do seven days in the gym. Uh, it's just it's it's more detrimental than anything and your R- ROI is really just not there. Um, and at the same time, you're going to get, uh, there's a threshold of progress you're going to make and it's just going to fall off. Um, so really just do not do seven days. I've done seven days in the past because I just felt like, oh, I'm going to be a badass and go seven days. Why would I take a rest day when I can, would I have the energy and ability to go do seven? You don't got to do that. So, um, just take the rest day. It sucks. I know I hate taking rest days. Rest my today is my rest day. I hate taking them but you got to take them. It's, it's imperative to, to your gains. So that's the only split I'd say you shouldn't be doing. Um, any comments stuff?
0: Uh, I mean, the other thing that I'll throw out there is that, uh, for people who do have the mental health battle and the gym is the solid, the like space of solitude is that just go in and do cardio. If you're going to be in there seven days a week, like, Paul was saying, like, if you're five weight training days, two cardio, that's fine, but um, definitely it's not conducive to your gains um, Mm -hmm. as much as you might think it is. Like, when I was hitting seven days a week, I thought I was getting absolutely shredded, and I thought I was on top of the world, Um, but in reality, the seven days a week, you feel like absolute garbage anytime you're not in the gym and you don't train your body how to appreciate rest days. Like Paul, Mm -hmm. Paul and I both hate taking rest days, but our body appreciates it. When you take seven days of weight training, your body doesn't understand how to appreciate taking time off. So that's also why it's not great for it. I mean, granted you also, if you're doing seven days a week, you probably don't have as good sleep time anyways, because seven days a week is a long commitment. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're probably lacking on your sleep recovery too, which is huge in terms of your muscle building. So that's kind of why you want to shy away from it. I mean, I know when this podcast started, I was on the seven day a week, uh, and I argued for it, but once I hopped off it, I mean, picking up the coach was a big thing, but hopped off the seven day, uh, split and then went to a three to four day split, uh, Mm -hmm. My body reacts so much better now in the gym. Um, You're able to push not just more weight, but consistently push the weight that you want to um, and progressively overload from there. So it's certainly a positive thing to take time off.
1: Yeah, it's that's so we've always talked about it. We've talked about it a million times. You're really where you make gains is, is your time off. Your rest time is going to be your time is going to be where you make gains. Uh, recovery is where you actually build the muscle. So you stimulate it in the gym, you make those micro tears in your muscles, like we've talked about, and then you recover and repair those micro tears when you're resting really when you're sleeping, but when you're resting too. Um, so that's why you need to take rest days. That's wh- that's why it's imperative. Uh, so seven days is just not beneficial, uh, Nobody needs seven days in the gym. Honestly, the the further you get in bodybuilding, the less days in the gym you're going to be um training. Some of the biggest guys ever, I mean, Mike mencer is one example of that. He was training two days a week, um, but just training hard as fuck. That's not going to work for everybody, which is why we're going to talk about different splits because there's so many different splits that people react to differently. Um, so i think that that's you know we 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 need to talk about the differences between them and that's the whole dedication for this episode today but um yeah, seven days is just really not beneficial typically to to your gains. Um, so you know the next step down would be six days. So what would a six day split look like? Um, a six day split is what I do personally. Um, I feel that that's what I benefit from the most, especially while I'm trying to get to the NPC stage right now um, and start competing and in, uh, in, at the amateur level and hopefully pro level within the next year. Um, so for me, uh, my six day split right now for for a while now probably like at least six months has been um it goes chest back arms shoulders legs arms um because my arms are a weakness for me um i need to kind of help promote that with two days in the gym training um so something to mention too is that this is this split this muscle group split is what benefits me from what i can tell um when i started with my coach i had two chest days a week instead of two arm days um, so it'd be like chest, back, arms, chest, shoulders, uh, legs, or something like that, or chest, back, arms, shoulders, chest, legs, something like that. Um, and the other thing that I always try to keep into account, especially right now while while I am um, basically growing in a sense, is that I try to focus on big muscle groups are at least two days out. So my back day separated from an arm and shoulder day to my leg day. So that's two days in between. And then I got three days in between from legs to back, um, because those are very large muscle groups and you want to give those muscle groups plenty of time to, to recover before you hit something very, very large again. Um, so that's just something that I focus on. Some people hit back and then they hit legs and then they go back and do chest and then arms, shoulders, whatever. Some people, that's just how they react. It's just, I've always had it where I've kept back, and and legs at least two days in between um so that's what works for me uh however you split your six days up is up to you if you have a six-day split uh some people you know do monday through saturday i do uh i do monday through saturday i was doing for the longest time saturday sunday through friday um so sundays are my rest days now To focus on the podcast and what else whatever else i got going on my life after the podcast um so saturdays typically i don't got much going on during the day so i focus that on training uh and making sure i can hit the gym properly And usually we end up doing like grocery Mm -hmm. shopping and shit too but um that's just what works for me the best and then i do back on mondays and the reason i don't do chest on mondays is because monday is considered international chest day uh, every day in the gym or every week in the gym. So I try to do literally the exact opposite of chest, which is back. Um, some people, a lot of people have kind of transitioned from chest, not being dedicated to Mondays uh, because of that. But I do back on Mondays because less people are using back equipment and more people are using chest equipment. So that just works. That's what works for me. And that's what I found works for me. So that's just a six day split example. Um, but there's plenty of signs to go behind different kinds of splits, which we'll get into. Um, but that's my split. What prior to your? I, I know your split is different now. But prior to your, to your hand breaking um, and your recovery right now, what? Yeah, if you guys are looking at the video, he just held it up. He has a cast on. Um, So, but prior to your hand breaking, what was your split, Christoph? And how did it work for you?
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> I, one of my big things when I picked up the coach was that. Me and him talked about how I was in the gym every single day and the, just the ability to do that meant I wasn't training with enough intensity. So Mm -hmm. the very first topic we addressed was intensity. So we, uh, one took out three days. So I work out four days and sometimes it even only turns into three days just because I am a very, very busy person. Um, so I tend to shoot for the four, but sometimes it's just three. Um, but the way that the uh split for me is designed is that it's not set on days. So like you heard Paul talk about how his is uh Monday through Saturday and then his Sunday is a rest day. Mine does not have any, you know, relation to the actual day of the week. It's just whatever day it falls in with the plan. And I've gotten this is all prior to me breaking my hand. So right now I'm doing formatted stuff from that but essentially it was two days on one day off two days on one day off repeat so it was in reality only a six day split but Mm -hmm. rather than it being a six day split that paused on the seventh it's a six day split that resets on the seventh so for example if I did my first workout on a Monday I'd go Monday Tuesday train Wednesday off Thursday, Friday, train, Saturday off. And then it would be Sunday, Monday, train with Tuesday off. And so it just continued to loop over on itself um, instead of taking the actual set days off. And that's just for muscle recovery. Rather, Rather than focusing on waiting on a time, we focused on the recovery aspect of each muscle. So the first day of that split was my leg day. And which I loved when it lined up with Mondays, because like Paul was saying, on a Monday, everybody's in there doing either chest. And I've seen a lot of arm work be done on, on Mondays as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when I'm over there squatting it, it makes me feel good because nobody's at the squat racks on a Monday. Um, so I'll, I would hit Monday, le- or sorry, for day one. See, I say days instead of the actual day of the week. So day one is legs for me. Uh and then day two goes into my um I wanna say it's the back and buy. Hold on, I gotta pull it up and actually see. Um it's either back and buy or chest and tries. Um if I pull it up right now. Uh yeah, so it's chest and tries on day two. So mm-hmm. legs day one, chest and tries day two, then day three is a rest day, then day four would be back and buys with day uh what do we got? Day six. No, day 5, I can't count. <laughs> uh day 5 being a really wonky uh delts, abs and calves. It's kind of like a utility day. Um mm-hmm. and then day 6 is a rest day and then it resets to uh the day 1 of working out. So it's a 6-day split that rotates or that uh loops itself. It doesn't actually wait for set days. Um right. and because of that, my intensity has been able to be increased because I know that I'm getting the exact amount of rest days and the exact amount of workout days without having to worry about the days of the week. So especially when I know like my utility day is coming up, when like delts, abs, calves are coming up, hypothetically, that's a workout I can do not in the gym. Um, so I know that I have a little bit of leeway in terms of, what i need to do like if i need to schedule around doing like a home workout or something like that like i'm able to do that and fit that in um but overall that split was designed to beat my ass and get me to train harder in the gym which it was doing up until two weeks ago when i broke my hand so yeah Uh, I'll just kind of build right into what my split is right now. Mm -hmm. And that's easy because I don't have a split. I am going in and training whatever I can. Um, So I can hit legs, but I can't squat because I can't grab a bar. Um, So my leg days are a lot of machine work, like actually exclusively machine work. I tried to do some Bulgarians uh, holding a plate. Because I can try and pinch a plate. Um, because I have anyone watching the vi- the video, I have like three fingers available that I can try and pinch a plate with. But pinching a forty five pound plate with three fingers is a little bit tough. Um, so I uh, tried it. So, but I couldn't really do it. So, if anything, if I were doing Bulgarians or any other. Um, What would be going with free weight, I would just have to go no weight at all and just do full body weight and just rep out for a while, which has its benefits. Don't get me wrong. Like that certainly has its benefits, but it's not a full like leg day uh, material. So I do. I don't like it, but I'm leg pressing again because I I've I kind of shied away from leg presses once I started utilizing all of the better equipment at my gym. Um, but since there's such limited things I can do, I'm crushing that for legs. Um, so my leg days are still pretty solid. Uh, my, my abs, my ab workouts are still pretty decent, although I'm no longer dedicating a day like I did, uh, prior because I can't really do much for delts. Um, so I just kind of pick up some ab work where I can. Um, I did try And hit, I'd hit chest and back, um, the, what was it yesterday, chest and back yesterday. And so this is where, uh, I mentioned it last week when we talked about it, but unilateral movement, uh, is essentially what my coach and I came up with, not came up with, but decided to lock into and focus on, uh, because of the arm. So unilateral movement is, if you know, your, uh, prefixes, the uni is one. That's why unicycle, the people ride on one wheel. So unilateral movement is doing one movement instead of two sides. Um, So if Mm -hmm. you were doing like lat raises, for example, you'd be just doing it with one side. And my side that has the broken hand, I wouldn't be doing that. Um, And so when I'm training now, I'm focusing on not Doing heavy work on the the one side I'm lifting because then I'm gonna become lopsided and I don't want that um yeah. but what I'm doing is I'm providing a good three maybe four sets of high rep lower weight just activating the muscle um mm-hmm. for whatever I'm working, and that allows the neural pathways on the side I'm not using. To still maintain uh or still open up and still receive information. And while they're not themselves working out, the um uh, words. Oh uh, god, there's a word I really want to use right there, and I can't think of it. Um <clears throat> the oh the receptors on the uh side that I am not using, the side that's dormant, they actually are still receiving information and while the muscle is not being stimulated it's still thinking about it. So it's a way to prevent muscle deterioration that normally arrives around the three week mark. If you just completely cold turkey the gym. Um, yeah. so because of that, my training split right now is not really a training split. It's get to the gym when I can and work out what I can when I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. that's so important right now. Yeah. And while it's not favorable and mentally, this is the toughest thing that I've ever had to go through. Um, we're just fighting through it and it also doesn't help that i started a new job so my diet's out of whack because my timing on meals and everything is all over the place so i lost a pound this week even though i'm supposed to be going up and uh it's been a rough time so we're just focusing on maintaining muscle and not actually building anything right now and focusing on you know recovery over everything
1: yeah I mean, that's what you really need to be focusing on right now is recovery, especially for your hand. I mean, the faster you can recover, the faster you can get back to your normal split. So
0: I think that's what's going to be important. Um, I did. I did text you about this, but I uh, looped my hand into a a, or I've looped my cast into a handle on a cable machine and started repping chest flies. (laughs) And it, it, it was painful the whole way through, but. Pain, pain is temporary. So I just fought through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that. Um, I mean, how was the pain? Was it in your hand? Like, what kind of pain? Oh was God, it? it was
0: terrible. I mean, because when you do chest flies, you want to have your pinkies come uh, together almost when oh, you're all the, the like, way coming through. And oh. so my pinky is what's broken in my hand. So I was suffering. Um <laughs> Yeah, you'd have
1: to really shift the weight to like between your well, like.
0: I Dude, have I'm this, like thumb. well, I have the hook, so the the handle went right there and I hooked it with my thumb, but even still, when you do a chest fly and then extend outwards, you're flexing almost the bottom side of your forearm and hand, because you have to do that in order to move your, your arms out in that way, and yeah. I'm not going to half-ass a chest fly and not do the form that I want to like, I could just go straight out, but that's not going to activate it the way I want it to. So I just kind of fought through the pain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that doesn't sound fun. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think that you really should be focusing on recovery right now what you are. And I can only imagine how annoying the unilateral
0: shit is, because mm-hmm. I building actually, up like, what's that? I, I texted my coach last night and said, I need alternatives cause I can't do this. And he, well, we take, a, we took a look at the cast and we tried to figure out some ways, but because of how long the cast is on my arm, there's literally no other way to do it. So yeah. I ha- like, we thought about wrist wraps over it and attaching it to a bar, but yeah. because of how long the cast is, it's just not going to work. So I have to, I have to deal with it now, which sucks. What about, um, did you
1: guys take a look at like, uh, like, those straps that have the hook on them so you
0: can attach them to, like, cable machines? We haven't, but I'm also not trying to pick up a pi- a piece of equipment that I'm going to use for six weeks and then never again.
1: I mean, I think so. – I don't know how much they cost, but a lot of gyms even sometimes supply them because people will use them on their ankles for, like, glute kickbacks on cables or yeah. – like like sad lateral raises on cables or something. It's just an idea. Not that you have to do it. I don't know if that's even an option, but um that's the route I would look. Uh especially I think another
0: like, thing. Go yeah. ahead, sorry.
1: I was gonna say, especially if I knew if I know that it's gonna be a little while. Like for me, if I was in that situation. I would try to find the cheapest one I could and just be like, you know what, this is what I'm going to use at least for the next six weeks. And even after that, you could still use it for saddle raises and you know, anything else you wanted to use it for. So, um, and I don't don't think it'd be like really that much of a financial investment, but if you don't find the value in it, then that's fine. It was just a suggestion to maybe even look
0: into it, but I have no idea. Yeah. I think another thing too, that not even my coach, but my, my orthopedic doctor is trying to get me to avoid is that, Even if I did have like the, uh, what's it called? The claw where it's, it's just on your wrist. And then it's that metal attachment that hooks on. Um, Yeah. Even if I have that, I'm pulling from my wrist. Essentially, I'm still going to be stressing my hands and forearms because you still do it. And I think that's what my doctor wants me to avoid because I mean, I can move my finger right now. I mean, right now I should be feeling pain, but you know, I've numbed it down. But um I think that's more or less what he's wanting to avoid because we're trying to isolate the 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 bone entirely.
1: Yeah, I think
0: um I mean besides
1: whatever you need to do to train, I think that it could have been way worse. Um I think that uh yeah, I could have broken my whole hand. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely look at it like this could have been way worse uh than it was. I mean, my brother um broke his I think it was like his elbow in just the perfect spot falling off a skateboard and he had to get a cast from like the middle of his upper arm all the way to his wrist. So he had to keep his elbow at a perfectly like the same bent angle for yeah. like six months. So it could be way worse. And I remember him having that. And like the first couple of weeks, like he, like I can only imagine the restraint on like my body with that. Like, cause you can't move your arm. So it's like, you probably freak out. Like I probably freak out for the first day. Cause like you can't move it. Like it's, it's such a sensory thing. Um, it's like people who lose a limb, like they, they have like actual psychological issues because they try to move that hand or move that arm or limb, whatever it is. And it's not there. And that's where phantom pain comes in. So I think that with your hand, I think you could have been way worse and you still can move your elbow. You can still, for the most part, do anything you need to do. Um, and you still have movement in your fingers and everything too. So it's not like your whole hand is casted off. Um, so that's good too. But, um, with that being said, that's what's working for you right now. That's what you need to prioritize. So um, people who don't have a broken hand don't necessarily <laughs> do what he does. <laughs> so um, but if you have an injury of some sort, then kind of take some take some notes from what he was just talking about, uh, because recovery is is way, way more important than making gains in the gym when you're trying to recover from an injury, um, whether that's, you know, a, a torn muscle, torn ligament, broken bone even being sick. If you're sick, take the fucking time off, dude. Like stop going to the gym. If you like, I I'll take a day or two off if I have a head cold and like, yeah, like I shouldn't go because I could get other people sick, but I also don't go because I feel terrible and my workouts really not going to reflect, um, anything worth doing. So just take the time, let your body recover and then get back at it. Uh, and And at the same time, you know, I know people who, somebody I know recently, a buddy of mine, he, he had to, um, take two weeks off from the gym because he got, he got sick. He got, um, I forget, I think he had a head cold and then he got pneumonia or something like that. It was something bad. So he was out of the gym for two weeks. Um, and he, uh, he lost a lot of, he lost a lot of weight that he was trying to put on and. Um, he lost a lot of strength, but it's gonna come back. You you there's this thing called muscle memory and it'll come back, you'll gain the weight right back. It's it's all superficial. The shit's only gonna be gone for a couple of days and once you start eating again, once you start training again, it'll all come back. So just give your body the time that it needs. Um, if you have a surgery coming up, really do what your doctor says. Don't say, oh, my doctor is a bitch or pussy or whatever. Because like, hmm. that's the that's what the social media is kind of pushing right now. It's like, fuck my doctor. I'm going to do what I want. No. Trust what your doctor says is the reason they went to medical school, and there's a reason they do what they do. So your hand specialist doctor that you went to, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. I went to a hand well, specialist. Well, it's
0: actually – I was going to say it's actually the same dude that repaired my elbow last summer. So I okay. already have a good rapport with the guy.
1: Nice. Yeah. I went to a um, hand specialist. Um, you know, I went to – when I split my hand, um, I went to a guy, uh, a doctor um, – might've been an orthopedic or something. And he was just like, look, you know, I, I I don't see the issue. So I'm going to hand you, I'm going to send you to a uh, hand specialist. So I went to the hand specialist and he said, look, this is what's happened. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make a splint basically. And when, whenever you, you can wear it for the next six weeks, um, I could take it off whenever I wanted. So I didn't have to wear it constantly, but trust what your doctor says, cause there's a reason why they're there. And there's a reason why they do what they do. Um, so listen to your doctor, listen to your doctor over anybody else, um, do what your doctor says. Um, So with that being said, uh, recovery splits are very unique, very different from regular training splits. Uh, your recovery split will be dependent on what you're recovering from. And that's if you're able to train while in recovery, um, stop is able to, he's lucky enough to be able to train, um, while in recovery, if you broke your leg, it's gonna be much, much harder to train in any way, um, than it is to, you know, if you broke your hand, even if you broke your arm, breaking your leg is way harder. So, um, He's lucky to have broken just his hand and can still train decently, uh, especially legs. So, with that being said, there are many, many other training splits that you can you can go off of for for proper training. Um, there, you talk to anybody, they're going to have a different split than pretty much anybody else. Nobody has the same exact split, really. Um, really, at the end of the day, what's going to it's going to come down to is what your goals are. So you should base your splits off of what your body responds to what your goals are. So if your goal is just staying healthy, then you don't really need to do anything complex. You know, maybe a push pull day and a leg day for your split. And then maybe like an accessory day with cardio or something. Um, Or, you know, if you're bodybuilding, then that's when you get more complex. So as far as getting being new to the gym, uh, a good split that I kind of recommend to a lot of people is like a chest try day, a back by day a shoulder day, maybe with some abs and then a leg day. Um, so that's a four day split. Um, you can do like two on, one off, two on, one off, or you can do four days on, three days off. It all just depends on however you wanted to structure it. But that's a good starter split. Uh, it gives you a general idea of the pushing muscles in your body. Then it gives you a good idea of your pulling muscles. Then you work on the muscles that aren't worked on those three other days. And then you do a leg day. Um, so that's a good split to start off with, uh, however you want it to structure that's up to you. Uh, so you could do, like I said, four days on three days off two on one off, two on one off, you could do three on one off one on two off, whatever it is. Um, but that's a good example of a push pull split. Um, there are also other splits as well, um, that incorporate kind of that structure where you do like chess and buys back and tries, and then you do like shoulders or something on another day, or you can even combine shoulders with chest and you do a leg day. Um, the difference with that is that on your chest day, your biceps aren't being worked because you're pushing with your chest. So you're able to essentially superset or uh, work your biceps when they're not fatigued at all. And then thing with your back, your triceps aren't working or they shouldn't be working when you're hitting back. And then you're able to properly hit a, a muscle group that isn't fatigued. Uh, so that's another example of a good split. Um, if you're new to the gym or well, relatively new to fitness, but you want to get into bodybuilding, um, a good split that I recommend to people for that. Um, just to kind of segue into that would be like, uh, a chest day, a back day, an arm day, a shoulder day. Um, so that's four days right there. And then you have a quad day and a ham and glute day. And the reason I say to split up your leg days, regardless of where your legs are at, It gives you a good foundation to understand uh, how to properly hit leg muscles because your back is your back there. It's going to take some time to build some muscle, you know, muscle, my muscle connection. Uh, It's not like you can do like a terrace major minor day and then like a lower lat day. It's not, it's not really how your back works, but because you have anterior muscles that that fight each other, essentially in your legs, you're able to split them much like how you can split chest and back. Um, you can have a quad day, you can have a glute day, you can have a ham day, but I think you could, should do a quad day, maybe some calves in there and then a ham and glute day, uh, that'll build a good foundation, um, for, uh, your leg day or for your physique in general. Uh, so that's something that I would suggest to people who want to get into bodybuilding or kind of starting their journey in bodybuilding. And especially for those that don't have a coach, um, I think a two day leg split is very, very beneficial. Uh. And with that being said, you don't you also don't have to hit each muscle group as 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 hard. So when you're doing a one-day leg split, you typically are in the gym longer because you're hitting all of your muscle groups. But when you do a two-day leg split, quads, you can do like three or four movements and just fucking toast your quads in like 40 minutes. Um and then do like 10, 15 minutes of calves if you don't have the genetics for calves or something, and then you're done. Um ham and glute, you can do like two to three movements for each, and then you're done. So when, when I'm in the gym for leg day, I'm in the gym for like an hour, hour and 15, but if I were to split it up, I'd be in the gym for no more than like 45 minutes as far as actually weightlifting goes. So that's what I would suggest for people who are new to bodybuilding. Um, so those are just a few different splits that I suggest. Um, stuff, what did you start off with before your coach? What was your, I know you did seven days, but like, was there every time that you did, you didn't do seven days before your yeah. coach? <clears throat>
0: um, before touching into that, I think, uh, when Paul was talking about uh, the splitting up of of uh, split <laughs> splitting up of splits, uh, the split that has uh, focusing on just chest, then uh, biceps, etc., tris- etc., et that's yeah. isolating individual muscle groups. And the reason why that's kind of like your introduction into the bodybuilding world is because we scrutinize every last detail on our body. So when we yes. know that there is a particular area we want to focus more on, we'll uh, engage far more intensely on that particular day and then maybe give it like more rest. And that, that's Mm -hmm. just what, like the, the thought process behind that, um, prior to my coach and prior to the seven day split that I was doing, uh, I was doing essentially a, uh, I mean, I was working out with a group at that time. So we were doing, yeah, the PF PF days, days. um, I, uh, It would turn itself into a dedicated leg day. Uh, And then we also did cardio before and after, which is not great. You want to be doing your cardio after your lift. Um, You can warm up with like walking. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's one
1: thing we were
0: running before each workout. Yeah, I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't recommend that.
0: Yeah, this this see this is what I like to reflect on because it helps remind me like coming from knowledge of or zero knowledge into what i'm doing now and then you know a year from now i'll laugh at where i'm at now um yeah but yeah it was a dedicated leg day a dedicated push day dedicated pull day and then i forced the group to do abs every single workout um Mm -hmm. so we did three ab movements every single workout um and then additionally calves built into every single workout as well um so across that we were in the gym for you know four maybe five days a lot of the time it was never like excuse me it was never like a set day we never did like mondays we're doing legs we're never we were never doing like we're doing two days on one day off it was just we'd hit the group chat, and if we wanted to go to the gym we'd go to the gym mm-hmm. um granted i probably went more so when they didn't because I wanted to be in there more often, but that was more or less how we were handling it. Um Which is wild to me now because I would, I, I there's days when I don't want to be in the gym and I still go because, you know, we're disciplined at this point. Whereas um back then, if I didn't want to go, it was like, all right, we hop on on. What are we hopping on for video games? And so we, we really were just motivating each other at the time. It wasn't a lot of self-discipline. So if more than two people of that group weren't going, we probably wouldn't be at the gym. Um, And so there wasn't like a true split, like there weren't set days, there weren't uh, dedicated rest days or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, the the workout split was a pretty lifestyle style or lifestyle um, intentioned workout. Where it was, you know, progressive overload, but it was more so from the ego side of things. Trying to hit PRs in front of your friends and stuff like that. So, it wasn't actually tiered towards true hypertrophy. Not like I knew what that was back then. Yeah. Um, So, it was kind of a really wonky workout. And, I mean, I don't mind working out with people now. I don't do it a ton. Um, Mm -hmm. But I certainly don't think I would be able to get the workout that I wanted in a group any larger than three people like that's, I just, I can't get what I need to out of it because there's too much wait time in between uh, sets. There's too much talking that I know I'll be doing because I'm a very social person. So yeah, for me that, that kind of workout just isn't the way to do it anymore. Yeah. I hear you. Um,
1: yeah. It's, it's tough. Cause like when you're, when you're newer to the gym, It's harder to, um, kind of separate, like if you're training in a group, it's hard to separate yourself from that group because lifting in a group or lifting with other people is a lot of time more motivating. Um, but when you get down to the nitty gritty of things, especially in bodybuilding, um, I'm, I'm like this, I almost prefer to lift by myself because I'm able to, you know, lift the way I need to lift, hit the sets I need to hit and train when and where I want to train. Um, I don't have to rely on anybody else to show up. I don't have to train any way that anybody else trains, because for me, I'm very particular on like my chest day, for instance, because my shoulders react to different movements in different ways. Um, so I have to kind of focus on it in that sense. So it is, it is hard to go from kind of lifting in a group setting to lifting in a solo setting. And it's almost, it's, it's sometimes almost like a mental game too, because it's, it kind of sucks. Like you see like a lot of people on social media lifting with their friends and taking videos and shit and getting hyped up. But then like, you're just by yourself listening to music and just lifting and leaving. Um, But I think that also comes down to discipline versus like motivation. Um, I tell people all the time that just... You know, it comes under discipline, and I don't care if you're motivated for the gym. You got to hit it. You know, it's just you got to go. You got to do it. Um, so it's good that at least that now you have a more focused split, and you can recognize what you were doing back then, and that that's just called personal growth. So you just you've grown since then, which is good. Um, I've I've been the same way. I look back, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? I had no idea what the hell I was talking about. Um. And I'm sure, like I've said before, I'm sure in a few years, we'll look back at these episodes and be like, what the fuck are we talking about? There's all this information (laughs) now we've learned a lot. Like, you know, we grow as people. So, you know, people might be listening to this and they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? And they might have more knowledge than us, you know, who knows, but, uh, this is just the knowledge that we have now. And, uh, it's good that you, you can at least recognize that from the past. And, um, you know, with that being said, I mean, when you're lifting with a group, it is harder to hit a specific split because everybody's kind of training a little bit different. Uh, when I train with other bodybuilders, uh, it's kind of hard to line up what they're hitting when, what I'm hitting. Cause a lot of times it's very, very different. Uh, it's usually the opposite. Actually, a lot of, I see a lot of guys doing the opposite of what I'm doing. Um, so it is harder, um, to train that way. Um, so people, uh, there, there is some benefit to training with someone when you have a spotter to go to absolute failure, but um some people feel that they work out better when they have someone to compete against when they're lifting with them uh for me i mean bodybuilding inherently is very very competitive but uh for me i don't want to have to compete with somebody i'm training with there's a reason i'm doing things and i don't want to have to think that oh i'm weaker or i'm doing something wrong or i'm doing something different where at the end of the day we all have our own ways of doing things so um you're training with a group it's it's hard to keep a split and at the like when it comes to splits. Really, where the studies come in and what they found to be beneficial is that it comes out of volume rather than your actual split. And a lot of time, to hit higher volume, you're going to need to have a, a more spread out split. That's why I have individual muscle groups because I'm able to hit higher volume. And that's just what works for me. But the studies have really just found that higher volume is what matters. And when you're training with someone or training in a group, it's harder to hit higher volume because you end up resting for a long ass time in between sets waiting for everybody to hit everything or if you're super setting or something, waiting for everybody to hit everything. It's it's not gonna be the best workout you had you had. You know, um the last time I lifted with a group was four of us and I was resting for legit like five minutes in between sets. Um, which like kind of sucks. Like I, I felt strong the entire time. I never was really that fatigued. But when I'm like like it I was a back day and then I went and trained the same exact back day on my own and I was fucking wiped because yeah. I had like almost no rest, like 45 seconds to a minute of rest into the same movements and I was done in half the time, um, less than half the time really. Um, and I just felt fucking toast. Um, so, you know, that's, that also needs to be taken into account when you're training with a group is how how are we going to keep up our volume? How are we going to keep our rest times down? Uh, should we superset? Should we, um, you know, do X, Y, or Z for sets and reps and, and just make it quick, Um, How should we do this? And that's the kind of questions you got to ask yourself uh, when you are, you know, lifting in a group setting um, because it does, it does kind of affect um, how you're training. So, um, or how your, your body's going to respond. So just for me and staff, it just works out better that we just lift by ourselves. And that's just how we do it. Not that that's the best way of doing things. It's just how we do it. Um, So other splits that you could take a look at too um, is you were doing the three on one off and two on one off prior to your hand issue correct that's what you were doing before? no 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 two two
0: on one off two on one off and then that's looped. what it was
1: okay yeah. yeah so two on one off two on one off there's also three on one off two on one off which is a six uh which is a four uh seven day split sorry seven day split so you can keep the same days each week um so i know someone who benefits drastically off that i've done those splits before two on one off three on one off and then you know so on and so forth so for me um I didn't really like it that much just because I didn't like that extra rest day. And at the time, and really anytime I'm doing it, that rest day almost always falls on a weekday, which I just be working. And then when I'm done, I just do nothing. I'm like, I, like what the fuck am I supposed to do with my time? It's not like a weekend that, I mean, it's usually one day is a week, weekend day. And then the other day is a weekday. So the weekend I can kind of fill my day, but like when I'm working, Like I want to go blow off that steam. Like I've been cooped up in my house. I mean, I work remote, so I've been cooped up in my house all day, uh, you know, working. I want to go exercise. I want to go do something. I want to get off my feet or get on my feet and get out of my chair. So for me, that's harder, but some people respond very, very well to that. Um, that bigger, that big, the ginormous bodybuilder I talk about, I think he's either two on one off, two on one off or a three on one off two on one off. I forget. I think he's kind of swaps back and forth. Um, but that's what he responds very, very well to. How you structure those splits is going to be up to you. Um, The way I used to do it was when I did three on, one off, two on, one off was I think I did chest, back, arms, then rest. Then I did shoulders, legs, then rest, Mm. and then did it over again. Um, Two on, one off, two on, one off. That's harder because I typically do – Uh, muscle group splits so for me it would probably like if i were to do that now probably what i would do excuse me probably what i would do is chest back off arms shoulders off then legs and then rotate that so then it'd be legs chest off back arms off shoulders, legs off, whatever. Like, so that's how I'd rotate it. I would, it wouldn't be the exact same split every week or every, you know, block. It would kind of be like two on, one off, two on, one off, and then one on is kind of the way I would structure it. Um, that way I'm hitting all the muscle groups I want to hit. But for me, a six day split works well because I'm able to work in that extra arm day. Um, cause that's really what I need to work on right now. I, I sent a front double to my coach and Um, if you have a coach, you know what it's like when he picks apart your physique and he picked it apart and told me on my weaknesses. And one of the biggest things he said I need to work on is especially my triceps I really need to work on my triceps. It's not so much the size it's more just the peak. He just wants me to work on the peak of my triceps and peak of my biceps to make sure that when I'm doing a front double, um, they, they peak a bit more. Um, so for triceps, it's more of like almost like a drooping kind of look kind of bows downwards where biceps obviously peaks upwards um so that's what i need to work on that's why i have a two arm day um split but the other thing to take a look at too is if you have uh, a split where you're hitting to the same muscle group twice you need to do less volume each training day so prior to the two day split of arms what i was doing was five movements per side so five bicep movements five tricep movements and i'd superset it I'd superset basically every single movement. Um, but now what I do is three per side. Uh, I do a uh, superset to start and then the rest of the day is single set. So I don't superset anything else. Um, Well, that's not true. So I do, well, I do FST seven superset, which is no rest in between. And I do cable curls and tricep pushdowns with a bar. And I superset that. That's on both of my arm days, but each arm day is a little different. I have a Tuesday arm day and a Friday arm day. Each arm day is kind of flipped. Um, so I start with preacher curls on Tuesday or I start, I end with preacher curls on Tuesday, but start with preacher curls on Friday. So I flip it. But the only supersets I do is the FST seven super split or uh, super superset, not super split superset. Uh, and then the rest of the movements, there is no superset. I, I rest that those muscles and get back into it. Uh, so that's, I did that because i have two days now to hit them in the gym so i'm able to let them recover um i need to let them recover a bit more than prior because i could hit them really hard and train super super hard before um but because i have two arm days uh i need to allow them to recover within those two days and allow them to recover in between sets and not be super super fatigued by the time i go home but that's just what works for me now and that's how i'm able to gain more arm arm size um so that's something you need to take into account when you're training two days uh, for a muscle group. When I was doing two chest days, I think I was doing four movements total per chest day, I think. But right now I'm doing like six or seven um, mm-hmm. with some supersets. So uh, you need to split it up more when you're doing two muscle groups in a week. Uh, so that's just how that split should work. Um, most people, especially starting out, you don't really necessarily need two days uh, on a particular muscle group. Uh, If you're going for bodybuilding, just kind of build the foundation when you're starting out. Just build the foundation, build the mind-muscle connection, just build your experience in your form. And then from there, if you start with a coach or something like that, and you really want to start taking it to the next level to actually start competing within the near future, you know, maybe next couple of years, that's when you need to kind of diagnose what your weaknesses are, what you need to improve upon. And then kind of go from there. And uh, these splits too, something to mention that, you know, me and Stoff take a look at, especially now that he has a coach is that. When we're hitting these muscle groups, we're targeting specific muscles and specific looks that we need to improve upon. So, when I'm hitting a back day, I'm I'm not just hitting a general back day. My focus right now is width, not necessarily thickness. It's width. I need to build the width in my back. Um, I do need to build some thickness too, but if I have like 60, 40, so like 60% width and 40% thickness, that's what I'm focusing on. Where if you're just hitting a general back day, you're just kind of hitting you know, essentially everything and trying to build thickness and width at the same time. But I'm focusing more so on width right now. So that comes down to individual training days and you need to kind of pick apart we need to work on. And when I'm doing chest, um, when I had two chest days, I'd have like uh of more focus chest day on like sternal uh sternal chest day, uh which is kind of like the middle of your pec, And then I'd have more of like an upper chest day focus. Uh so I had them split that way. So uh there's different muscle groups you need to take a look at as far as like what needs the work and then that needs to be incorporated into your split depending on how your split is structured. So if you have a structured split of two days for one muscle group, then attack it differently. If I had two back days, I would do a thick back day and a width back day. So my thick back day would be a lot of like neutral grip rows, um, neutral grip pull downs and like single arm rows or something like that, maybe some deadlifts or rack pulls. If I was focusing on width for a back day, I'd do a lot of like wide grip rows, wide grip pull downs. Um, I'd even do like uh like uh essentially like parallel single arm rows where you kind of row like uh like a bar when you're, you're bent over kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. You're focusing on a terrace major, minor, and kind of like your rear delt a little bit, kind of like rear delt rows. So that's what I would focus on is a lot of wide grip stuff to really build that width. And then when I'm, when you're doing your thickness too, you can focus on your lower lats too. So that would be like, um, you know, you can do like your underhand rows or, um, you like 45 degree lap pull down, something like that. So that's how I structure back day, for instance. So your split will also kind of rely on whatever you need to build upon. Um, So that's something to take into account if you are experiencing the gym. If you're new, then that's when you need to kind of consider what days in the gym you need to do. Six days on, you know, one off, three days on two on, one off, two on, one off, or two on, one off, two on, one off. So something to take into account, not just the days in the gym
0: too. Um, You got any comments? Well, I was going to say in regards to new people in the gym, um, and this is not new to bodybuilding. This is new to the gym. Yeah. Um, there's the full body type, uh, splits too, that is are true. beneficial. Um, so a pretty common one that you see for full body is you do the one, bo- one day on one day off, one day on one day off, one day on one day off. And then mm-hmm. your seventh day, you, you probably throw another rest day in just because by the end of the week, you should be fully fatigued. Um, but essentially what these workouts look like is that, you are hitting every single and major muscle group. So you're gonna go hit one thing for uh delts, you'll go hit chest, one for back, one for bicep, one for triceps, maybe two for legs because you pro- or maybe three even because you want to do quads, hammies, glutes, uh calves if you calves, abs are kind of accessory pieces. Um and Basically, you hit one exercise for each of those uh, particular muscle groups, and you still want to be working. Like You don't want this to be like a a walk-in-the-park type workout. You're still going to be progressively overloading and strenuously fatiguing your muscles, but you're hitting every single muscle inside of that one workout. Um, Generally, you'll feel pretty good after these workouts just because you know you put your body through an intense day of uh, working out. Um, rather than, you know, if you had like a, like Paul talked about a dedicated arm day, like walking out from a dedicated arm day, your arms, you know, you work those real well, but the rest of your body didn't get anything or generally didn't get anything with a full body workout. On the other hand, you know, that every part of your body is well-worked and it's going Mm to be, um, feeling pretty good. So that's why you need to also really prioritize those rest days. There is no way in any world, you can run a seven day, uh, full body split because you're just not training intense enough. Um, so the full body one is certainly beneficial for getting into the gym to start and starting to really identify your strengths and weaknesses in the gym. Um, because a cool rule of thumb, I'm not going to say good, but like cool is like for squats, if you can double your body weight or like, uh, stuff like that. So, with full body workouts, you're able to identify throughout, like very easily throughout the week, what you're able to move for weight and where your strengths and weaknesses lie, where you need to improve on, where you can probably take a backseat and work harder on something else. It really helps set like a baseline. I would not recommend it for, I mean, okay, I wouldn't recommend it for continued use on a, um, on a you know sp- the, the split should not be something you do your entire life. I really don't think yeah. you should because even at a lifestyle side of things this is more so getting you you're like gathering information at this point. And it's cool like it's nice to do it and I certainly recommend everybody do a full body like just one full body workout once a month or something like that just to give yourself a good cooking but um to do it for years and years that d- really doesn't have much benefit because you're not giving yourself the intensity that you should be. Um of course that changes once you get into the older ages, so if you're pushing, you know, the retirement ages, it probably is a good idea to keep doing this the rest of your workout days just because you're probably not moving the weight you were when you're polarized age. Um so just also for your own health like your bone structure and your muscle health. You want to be training it at a way that you can activate them without, you know, destroying them. So it's certainly a beneficial workout split to use given a particular situation or new in the gym. Um, I don't know. Did you ever do a full body split like that when you first got into it? Cause I know yours was based on the tapes. So
1: yeah. Um, it. I never really did a full body split. Um, for me so here's the thing with with from what we found with with science is that it takes 48 hours for a muscle group to recover so some people argue that the way you should do it is you should do a full body day and then rest two days and then hit a full body day and the rest two days because they're like well that's technically ideal because you're hitting the each muscle group as often as possible for recovery that's not necessarily how it works. So yes, it takes 48 hours for a muscle group to recover, but look at it this way. It's like like you're majoring in college or something like that. Let's say your major is like biology. It's like saying you're taking a general science class versus taking specific classes for biology. It's like, yeah, you're gaining the scientific knowledge kind of that you need for biology in that general science class. But you're not gaining specific knowledge that you need to actually benefit you in biology. So it's like, yes, you're exercising and yes, you're, you could potentially make progress with a full body split, but you're not making your full potential. You're not getting your full potential out of it. Um, there are health benefits to having full body days. Um, a lot of like uh lifestyle people do that, you know, they'll do like kettlebell swings and fucking like sled pushing and shit like that, where it fo- like helps your whole body work out and, You know, if you have like a sport, like football, they do a lot of like full body days because Mm -hmm. it helps with your overall just core strength and strength on the field and performance. But when it comes to actual hypertrophy, which is what this podcast is focused on, full body is not the way to go. Um, There are benefits to it. Uh, We just would never recommend a full body split. Uh, If you were to do something remotely full body uh, and that's the way you want it to go because you don't want to be in the gym that often. What I do recommend is a push day, then a pull day, then off for however long you need to be off um that way you're you're not hitting your whole body, you're hitting half your body one day, half your body the next, and then you're moving on to your rest days and then you go back at it so that would be like chest tries, um glutes and quads, and then you do like back buys, hamstrings, and calves like that would be and you do like two movements each or something like that would be. You know, you might be in the gym for like hour, hour and fifteen, maybe if if you go kind of on the lower side for rest time. But that would be what I would recommend versus a full body. A full body day is just is very hard to find the benefits out of. Um, you know, you can have health benefits with it. Um, stay active when you are older. If you're over probably seventy, I would say like do a lot of walking, do a lot of very very lightweight movements with dumbbells and stuff.
0: Lightweight.
1: Yeah, just just staying just staying limber um is what you need to focus on if you are on the older side um of things and uh that's what i would recommend to people like that and just keeping your cardiovascular system healthy keeping your joints healthy keeping your bones healthy that's what you need to focus on at that point but if you're on the younger side especially focusing on bodybuilding full body splits are not the way to go um uh even even push pull legs is still like very iffy whether or not that's even truly beneficial versus like a body part split focus um that we've been talking about so full body has its place just not in bodybuilding and not in strength training um strength training obviously is a different animal to talk about because uh the way power lifters and strength trainers focus um don't even mention power builders i hate that (laughs) hate power building topic um but strength training. Uh, it's a lot of five by five sets or, you know, couple rep sets up to five. Um, and they do the main movements, which is bench deadlift and squat. And they do that like, you know, every day or every other day in the gym. And that's what they focus on. So they're not necessarily hitting every single muscle group, but they might do like, you know, some deadlift squat and bench, and then they'll go hit like Hams and glutes a little bit in, in like a, almost like a higher intent or higher volume focus so that they can build some muscle on top of the strength. So that's a whole different ball game. As far as hypertrophy goes, full body is just really hard to incorporate. Um, you can incorporate it if like you're on vacation and they kind of have like a shitty gym. You can't really do like a full dedicated back day or a full dedicated chest day or something. So you just kind of do like do like a a general idea day or like just kind of full body day or upper body day and lower body day or something like that's a different story for like short period. And then like you mentioned stuff, maybe like a full body day, like once a month or something to kind of shock everything, to hit it all at Mm -hmm. once, just leave fatigued as fuck. Um, and to recover from that. And that's, I mean, even then it's like, you really like once a month, maybe if that, I mean, I can't remember the last time I did a full body day. Um, I genuinely can't remember Honestly, I'm trying to think um, probably during COVID, like right at the start of COVID, I think. I think that's what yeah. I used to do. I used to hit like um, a little bit of, of everything with body weight and shit every day because that's all I could do. There's no gyms open. So I think that's what I was doing. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's hard to really incorporate that. There, That split is out there. You will find signs backing it in different ways. But as far as hypertrophy goes, I just can't recommend anything less than a full body day I'd rather you see you do a push pull day than the rest day and then push pull day rest day than a full body day so um, but yeah that's that's you know my opinion of full body
0: days ultimately and we haven't even touched on the most legendary of all splits the zero days on seven days off split (laughs) yeah never training
1: (laughs) only VR movements you only play
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a thing now, you know that, VR gyms.
1: Yeah, it's I I've, I've seen it. I've seen the ads for it. It's interesting. I think here's my thing on it. I think that that has a place. I think that that's a utility that people can use. You know, I th- I was reading comments on it because there's like different games you could play that keep your body active, kind of like what we was doing with like we fit and shit and shit. And I think it has um its place with people who could be like um prone to illness like people who are immunocompromised or moms or something like that who don't have much time during the day besides like literally a half hour where a half hour is my drive to the gym and drive home so if you only have like that much time then throw on your quest or whatever vr goggles and just like move your body for a few minutes with that game i think it has its place i think it's beneficial i mean i would never count it as like my cardio cuz you can't really measure your calories but it keeps you active so i think it has its place and i think it could be beneficial which is interesting so kind of funny to see that now it's gone a long yeah. way.
0: And uh, well I was going to say the the we fit thing never really took off the way that this is taking off. Um Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. I think we fit would I mean looking back I mean it's I can see why it didn't necessarily work the way they wanted it to. Um but I think VR has its place and there are well, companies
0: VR, that- VR has so, the hype right now. So they yeah. could throw anything at you and people would do it.
1: Yeah, I think VR is going to be eventually the future of gaming in general. Um, but also there are companies who are working on omnidirectional treadmills. Um, there are different companies that have like kind of omnidirectional treadmills. Um, you can you can go to like these, uh, those like VR, like not stores, but like entertainment centers. And they strap you into this thing. And it, they put these sensors in your shoes that like track when you're walking on this platform. But there are companies that are working on omnidirectional treadmills that work in any direction. Um, and they're trying to bring them down in form factor because it takes up like a whole bedroom it's so fucking big but as yeah. they work it down work it down work it down we well, get to the point where you have like it's basically ready player one where it's a fucking basically circle little circle you stand on you put on your vr goggles and shit and you can like run and stand in place and stuff like that um and like walk around and shit and i think that that's going to be interesting to see what direction that shit goes in and maybe even get to the point where we start seeing like hiking in fucking VR games. And like, we have like 3d like platforms that m- move for the, I don't know. It's going to be cool. I we will see
0: it in our lifetime. It won't be that long. Yeah. But, and then we'll start talking about what VR training splits we will have to <laughs> incorporate. Yeah, yeah. Everybody just works out from home because they can add resistance to your gloves or some shit, but there's like, <laughs> that's- there's, That is a thing. Those uh, home built in uh, they're pin. Well, they're essentially a pin loaded thing, except on a digital screen, you select the weight and it just comes up from the floor. Um, And it is wild how much weight that thing can pull back on. I think like I want to say either Eddie Hall or Brian Shaw tried one of them and like it got to the weight where like they couldn't move. And these are like the strongest dudes in the world. So yeah
1: there's um there's this digital machine that it's out now. I forget what it's called I've seen it um it's like it's a cable machine, it kind of looks like a um free motion cable machine if you've ever seen that you can you can move the arms independently in any direction and it adds resistance to whatever weight you want, and like it can get fucking heavy, like a few yep. hundred pounds it can be added, and um, I think that's really cool. I think that that's like. If you want like a, just one thing to kind of hit like a little bit of everything or like you want to have like some activity at home in between stuff, like during your lunch break or something like that, I think it's, it could be pretty beneficial. I mean, they're expensive to like five grand or some shit, but um, it's really cool. The direction that we've seen movements going in or exercising going in. And there's even machines now that like they uh, you like, it, it runs a test and you like pull or push as hard as you possibly can. And that measures kind of like your one rep max and then it sets up your yep. sets for progressive overload. So like it'll set up an eight to 14 rep actual set for you. Um, there's a back machine. I saw that with those rows. So you wrote as hard as you could and they're like, okay, this is your one rep max. So this is your next four sets and it'll do the weight for you and the rest timer for you. I think that's also the direction that it's going to go in and we're going to get to the point where it's that that machinery is, you know, just as cheap as regular machinery is, or, you know, just as much money as regular machinery. And I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, if the machines kind of do everything for you, um, obviously free weight, they'll never be able to mimic free weight, but they can mimic at least machinery movement and even cables. So it'd be cool to see that. I mean, I'm excited for technology to be involved in, in the gym. I think it'd be, it'd be cool.
0: Well, I think that is kind of like the the big thing to focus on like what aspects can be utilized and assisted with and what shouldn't be like in yeah. terms of, you know, that timing and rest rest in between sets. Like that is stuff. If there was like a screen, digital screen in front of you one, whatever you're working on that, you know, yells at you. Like I have it set up on my phone with the particular yeah. app I use. It sends me a pretty nasty text if I wait too long. <laughs> and uh, that, that kind of stuff is how, you know, people can be held responsible in the gym. And yeah. you know, especially a social butterfly like myself, like we struggle to um to have consistent rest times in between sets. So having something that is yelling at you, that's that takes away a lot of it. Um yeah. but of course you don't want to become over dependent on it because then let's say you go to a gym that doesn't have it, or if you just need to do work at like some workout at home, you just don't have that built in discipline because you rely on an external device to do all of that for you. I mean, that goes for anything. um, But Mm -hmm. in this particular aspect, we're talking about working out. Um, So I do agree. I I think it's a pretty cool uh, future, but nothing is ever going to take away from, like you said, the free weights. Like I, for like, if anyone tries to take away a squat rack from my gym, I'll be, I'll be throwing hands. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Nothing will ever be able to replace free weights, but I did see a squat rack um That's out now that you can get, and it's it it's the 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 supports, you know, basically where you drop it. The actual safeties move mm-hmm. with you. There's a camera built in, like there's like cameras built in throughout the machine. And as you squat, the safeties move down with you, and they move up with you. So if you drop the weight, it only drops like six inches. So yeah. I think that's really cool because you'll never need a spotter. Um, and I think that that could be the future of free weights. I think that as far as bars go. Like a bench, like there's like a safety that moves up and down with you as you bench the uh, bar. Uh, and if you ever need a drop, you just let go and it drops like three inches or something. I think that could be the future uh, for that, as at least. Um, you know, there's all different well, kinds.
0: See, the bench press one would be tough, though, because you're, the bottom of your rep is so close to your chest that there can't be much wiggle room to throw a safety in there, you know?
1: Well, yeah, I think what it would need to do is kind of see where your chest is at and then mm-hmm. – go like right where your chest is because I, you know, when I do, when I do bench press, I touch my chest, but if it's like a half inch lower than that, and like when you're dropping the weight, it'll compress your chest. So if it's just low enough to where it compress, where when you're compressing your chest, it stops it from compressing any further. That's what it would need. Um, So I think that's, that's how they would incorporate that squatting and deadlifting. I mean, you don't really need a, safety for deadlifting but for squatting um it's much easier because you just it just follows you all the way up and all the way down um there is no like bottom to it essentially you just it just follows you down but there is a bottom for that would be harder
0: for deadlifting i can see someone developing a form machine that forces you to keep your back in the uh in the arc position that it should be and not hunched like i i can see some kind of if it's a belt or frame piece that gets added onto you as the person and, like, bends with you or whatever, but it f- forces you to maintain the, the the mini arc that you should have, I can see something like that coming in. I wonder how that
1: would work. I'm trying to think of, like, how a machine could keep you in form.
0: I think only... of it like a golf swing machine. How you put yourself in a in a machine and your your path is the path of your golf club is completely dictated by the machine that you set up and it forces you to build muscle memory oh, that way. And so if, you, so if you put like a, I honestly, you could do it with two, like two pieces of wood, one, one belt bent at an angle that rests on your back and one straight up behind you. And it just bends with you and forces you to keep your back, you know, like tucked like that instead of hunched over when you're trying to yeah. squeeze out that extra one. I could see something like that.
1: The only problem with that is there are people there's two things the only problem with there's only two so there's two problems with that. One, there are people who have naturally bent spines. Um, you know, we have a friend Nick who has kind of like it's harder for him to it, it's not that he has like scoliosis or anything like that. It's just like when he's trying to flatten his back, it's harder for him. It's just the way he, his his body's built where for you and I, especially because we're taller, it's easier for us to build to to flatten our back. Um So that's, that's one problem. The other problem too, is that as you grow size in your back, it almost looks like a natural hunch. Like guys who are massive with massive backs and they're bent over with a flat back doing deadlifts or doing rows, Mm. their muscles kind of round, make it look like their backs rounded out, even though they're not. It's just because they're so fucking thick in their back and their spinal erector muscle group. That it's just fucking, it looks like they're rounded out. So I think that's the only problem that I would see with that. Um, but if you're just building form, I think that that could be definitely beneficial, especially when you're going lighter weight and you're kind of new to the gym. But then once you get experience with it and it, the machine's like, you're good, all all of your sets, then you can stop using the machine. I think it'd be, it's kind of like the golf swing machine. It's like you use it until you don't need it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you only use it when you need it. So I think that'd be interesting. I think that'd be cool. Um, it and technology. For the, is-
0: uh, For the people with with back issues there's a qr code to the local doctor
1: (laughs) yeah yeah there's qr code on the machine on local back specialists and physical therapists um (laughs) but there's also machines now too that uh like there's a row machine that went viral a couple years ago um where it like there's a there's like a circle and you have to keep the circle within the path on the screen oh, okay, and it like that teaches you how to do like time under tension. So to be like you blast through the positive and then it, you like the, it's like a game kind of when you let go of the weight, the ball moves down. So you want to keep it within the designated path. Um, and like it teaches you how to do the time under tension and proper rep timing. Um, so that was cool to see. Um, I think that that's beneficial to people who are newer in the gym. Um, and it, it keeps it entertaining, especially for like kids, like, you know, 11, 12 years old, it was hard for me to go to the gym because I just wasn't entertained. It was just hard and I didn't like it and I was sweaty and exhausted. But like, if I had something like that, it would keep take my mind off of whatever I was doing and kind of put me in that screen. And I'm like, okay, I got to keep this ball within that. It's kind of like a game. So yeah. um, I think that's cool, you know? So there's, there's definitely technology involved now in the gym, but it's going to take some time because a lot of these machines are extremely expensive and a lot of gyms can't really afford that you know um i mean the gym i go to is 30 bucks a month and i don't see any more than like five or six people in it so i mean i don't think they can afford a twenty thousand dollar row machine (laughs) you know (laughs) so um i think that's more built for like equinox gyms or something that are like 300 dollars a month or some shit you know what i mean
0: but we'll see i was gonna say the the little dot thing that's almost like a game that's not even like for kids anymore like uh, when i'm at the gym i get (laughs) my mind is wandering and if i have that that focuses me in and uh or even like that prevents me from being put on a girl's TikTok like that, that right there is like <laughs> that, that focuses my, my mind and eyes on something.
1: Yeah. You're no longer glancing at butts for a split second and getting blasted on TikTok.
0: I mean, it's almost um, like if you didn't wear, you know. That. I don't know if we want to get into that but <laughs> oh I mean
1: we'll definitely talk about it in depth in another episode we we should probably do another social media episode like probably like one every six months or something because yeah, social media updates. changes so often yeah so often um, there's a video I was watching for Brett Cooper and she was talking about that because she was watching a lot of like Joey Swole videos and there's one that like her ass cheeks were legit fucking hanging out like she yeah. couldn't wear anything less and she was like these guys are staring it's like You're hitting rows with fucking your ass cheeks out. Like, what do you Mm -hmm. expect to happen? Like, it's like, even probably they didn't look, I'm sure like they didn't look for it, but I'm sure women were looking too. I'm sure women were like, what the fuck is she wearing? Like, why, why is her ass literally hanging out? Um, It's fucking wild. Like how it is nowadays. Um, I was fucking, I went to the gym the other day. I noticed this. It actually stood out to me. Um, I went into the gym and. Right at the entrance of the gym is the preacher curl machine, and then right next to that is a glute kickback machine. And I walk in, I put down facing each other. No, 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 they're next
0: to each other. (laughs) So like, I'm
1: facing this way. The glute machine next to me is facing the same way. If I'm looking forward, I'm not seeing it. I have to look up and over the machine to see it. So I go in there, put my stuff down, scan the key tag thing right there, and then I start my preacher curl machine. The lady who was using the glute machine like was like staring at me as I was was coming in to see what I was using. Right. When I sat down in the preacher girl machine, she stopped her set, got up and go to the, went to the other side of the gym. I'm like, (laughs) are you okay? Like we're two people using the gym. Why did you have to like bounce so fast? (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's just wild to me that people are like, so uptight right now in the gym. And like, I almost would rather people look like, I'm like, if people are looking at me, It's probably a compliment, I feel like, most most likely, unless I'm doing something fucking stupid, but like, I don't know, I think it's kind of a compliment if somebody's like kind of watching you lift or, you know, something like that. I think it's kind
0: of a compliment. I don't see why people are so upset about it, but to their own and just it's or boring. even like if someone has critique obviously not unwarranted critique but if you have a conversation about it and someone points out a potential weakness or potential area you can improve on like that's that's yeah. only beneficial to you like people right. need to get over themselves and understand that negative feedback is positive feedback because it allows you to mm-hmm. grow
1: yeah these people can't fucking handle criticism and they like they could not handle having a coach like uh, so many guys can't
0: handle having a coach because they get so fucking hurt and defensive so fast hmm. it's ridiculous i when i had my uh when i broke my hand and i was texting him about it he, i got a text from my coach and said i know you want empathy from me but i'm giving you solutions <laughs> no that's
1: that's what a coach is there for like, i don't
0: want but that's what i mean like if i was you know If I if I was on the the easily offended side, I would have you know canceled my my work with him. But if anything, that text you know incentivized me more.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what a coach is for. The coach is meant to critique you, is meant to help you get better. They're not going to just you can't do that with positive reinforcement. Like, I mean, they can give you praise whatever for something. Like, my coach, you know, like a last week or something, he posted a progress photo and was like, you know, this is what you should be doing. Like, follow Paul's steps, whatever. But like besides that he picks apart my physique he picks apart what's going on like he picks apart my training whatever like that's what i need i don't need somebody who always tells me what i want to hear i need somebody to tell me exactly. what i need to hear so um it's good that he isn't like oh i'm so sorry are you okay like is well like okay like i hope it's not too painful but let's fucking figure this out let's f- provide solutions and that also kind of comes down to like being a guy to like a lot of time we we want to find solutions to problems versus just listening. And that's that's a lot of time what we have problems oh, with Oh, God, girls. we're
0: terrible with that. Yeah.
1: my Sometimes like I try to figure out a solution for my wife and she'll just be like, shut up. I just want to
0: rant. I just want to fucking complain. And I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay.
1: I just naturally want to find a solution for you.
0: I'm sorry. I'm just a guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then and then you're immediately going, what's the best way I can listen? What's the best solution to this? <laughs> I'll just shut up and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I do. And just
1: look in her eyes when she's talking, if I'm looking at anything else, she doesn't think I'm talking to her or I'm listening. So I yeah. just got a fucking, like fucking tunnel laser vision. beam in. Yeah. Tunnel vision into what she's saying for a second while she's ranting and complaining. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I got to stay on top of that, but, um, yeah, it's just being a guy in general. And I think, um, it's, it's, I don't know how it is being a female coach, I can only imagine it's probably difficult because women are generally more emotional than men. Um, We can kind of, a lot of us, not all of us, a lot of us can kind of shut that emotional stuff down and kind of get critiqued. And um, I know plenty of guys who are very defensive and are very emotional about getting critiqued, but I wonder how women are, you know, I think it'd be kind of interesting to see like the conversations that women have with like a a male coach or female coach that gives them harsh criticism and gives them like what they need to actually work on. You know, uh, I think inherently though, to be a bodybuilder, you need to be able to take criticism. You're not going to last in bodybuilding if you can't, but I wonder what people starting out was like, I do know one guy who started with the lifestyle coach on the team that I'm on and he quit with him like a few weeks in because, um, he wouldn't give him, um, (laughs) This is legit. This is I'm dead serious. Is what he said. He said he wanted to have pizza on the weekends, and he wouldn't let him. He said there's pizza is not allowed on the weekends, or like for (laughs) refeed or cheat meal, and that's why he stopped with him is because he wanted to have pizza. And I'm like, you're you're not meant for this. (laughs) Sorry, bro. (laughs) That's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Um, It's fucking wild. But I wonder how those conversations are with with female competitors, especially those on anabolics like Anavar and testosterone and shit. I really wonder what that's fucking like.
0: I really. I think it's wild when. Uh, this is just thinking about the the female bodybuilding side of things when like when that guy went to the arnold uh, maybe it's we're not thinking of the same one but there were a couple people that were doing that walking around asking if they're natty or not and the yeah. ladies who have bigger traps than i do prominent bicep veins and sound like this and yeah. they're like hey are you natty or not what do you think like, <laughs> like yeah. it's yeah, so I- obvious
1: Yeah. It might've been the same guy. He's a tall blonde guy named Kenny KO. He has a sleeve for tattoos. Um, he was asking a few of the different females and one of them who is notorious for claiming natty claimed natty. But then the other two were like, no, I'm not natty. And I'm like, fucking clearly like you got bigger bicep veins than I fucking do. Like you're not supposed to have that. Like that's not a thing. Anything past women's wellness and even women's wellness, but Anything past women's wellness, 100% on anabolics. But women's yeah. wellness, I would argue a lot of the time they, they've they at least taken a little bit of testosterone, a little bit of Anavar, maybe some oral stuff to help get to where they're at. But bikini, I think you can do that naturally. Um, bikini sure. can almost get pro, with just like fucking resistance bands. But wellness and up is when you start getting anabolics involved. And there's someone that I know, female bodybuilder. And she she claims Natty. And I'm like, fucking no, you're not. Your voice is deep hmm. as fuck. It's deeper than mine. You're fucking not Natty. I don't give a fuck what you say. Um, I just think that, like you said earlier, when we were talking about Dwayne Johnson, if you are on stuff and you don't want to talk about it, don't talk about it. But don't get defensive and claim Natty when you're not. Because you're just going to lose followers. You're going to lose respect. I lost a lot of respect for her when she said that. And I'm like, fucking wow. Like, yeah. why would you claim that? It's clear as day that you're not. Um, but whatever that's her decision so i'll leave it to her but yeah it's wild this industry nowadays um and actually speaking of that female splits are fucking interesting um to look at to see what they're doing for splits it's fucking booty hilarious. booty booty legs and, booty yeah it's literally the exact opposite of guys literally could not be more opposite it's like legs four days a week upper body like two i'm like what the fuck uh,
0: upper body once a month
1: <laughs> yeah and um like it's even more prominent when they're doing something like bikini because they don't judge your back. There's no back judging, um, and all that they need is just like abs and then like a little bit of arm and delt definition. So it's all legs for bikini, really. Um, so they need they they hit like an upper body day and then like three lower leg day or like leg day. Um, yeah. Let me let me look up female training splits examples. Um, let me see. Um, obviously it depends on what they're doing for, for, for bodybuilding. If they are, um, it's not really giving me any ideas. Um, there's a full body, full body. These are all full body days. Um, okay. So four day full body workout. No fucking stop. Anyways. Yeah. From what I could tell, it's like there's a video I saw too. It was like, they're hitting arm. They're like curling on a cable machine. They're like, do you want to stop curling and go do legs? They're like, yep. And they went and did leg press. I'm like, we could not be any more fucking opposite.
0: I was going to say what we do is, uh, the, the memes of the best leg day and you walk up to the squat rack and then you start bench pressing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's there's a, there's a joke with rich Piana involved. It was like when you go, when you show up with your training partner and do a leg day and it's like, you got, when you get the new leg day, Uh, workout started and it's like so we're gonna do eight hour fucking arm workout
0: (laughs) (laughs) like
1: like we could not be any more opposite um but yeah it's it's hilarious like i see like it's so seldom i ever see a woman especially hit chest like i see a chick doing bench press of any sort i'm like whoa what the fuck are you doing
0: (laughs) also because unless they're in the bodybuilding realm it's it's different because what working chest does for ladies is for us it builds chest like we add size to our pectoral muscles for ladies it reduces their breasts like because their their muscles and their pecs are what's taking over so their their breasts get smaller when they yeah. work out chest which is why from the lifestyle side of things so few gals are going to do that because why would you sacrifice that you know
1: yeah I mean you gotta I mean. What's interesting is that when you get into the bigger body weight or higher body weight uh, bodybuilding divisions for women, it's like less less and less and less breasts and more and more pecs, which is wild to see. Because, I mean, women's bodybuilding is almost not even really existent anymore. I don't even think it's in the Olympia anymore. It goes up to women's physique. So I think it's bikini. (laughs) Women's open. (laughs) Yeah, there was. There was. Um, Iris Kyle was... The the person who's won the most Olympia titles is a female. It's Iris Kyle. She's won nine and that was in women's bodybuilding. Um, so she's Miss Olympia. Um, she's won Miss Olympia nine times. Um, phenomenal bodybuilder, absolutely talented. She was built for it, but um, they don't really have that anymore. And it's very, very hard for female bodybuilders now to get into things. I think they have it at the Arnold, but at the Olympia, I think they took it out. Just it wasn't, there wasn't enough audience. There was not enough audience for it. There wasn't yeah. enough supporters. It was not bringing in anything. It was just such an expense for them. But um, – so I think it's bikini, wellness, and then I think physique, and that's it now. But what's also interesting is that in physique, like most of the judging I think is a performance. It's not even like your physique. I think it's like 40% your physique and 60% of performance, and it's like a dance routine. It's a choreographed
0: well, team the at the uh at the arnold they had the uh the women's um lifestyle and they're wearing almost costumes
1: yeah so that's i think that's is that physique or is that was that no that's lifestyle? life
0: that's it's called lifestyle the the division they're still mm-hmm. you know they're still diced you can still see abs and whatnot but they're yeah. wearing like headpieces uh yeah. like forearm wraps with like designs and whatnot um yeah. it's it's a whole thing
1: yeah. So that's, what's interesting too, is that like for all of the men's bodybuilding, there are like routines as far as your posing goes, but it's not like dancing or anything with like the women's physique. There's like a fucking performance that's yeah. choreographed and danced and they have like prosthetics and shit and all this makeup done and whatnot. And it's wild. Um, it's interesting to see that, but, um, we'll see what, if men's ever goes in any sort of direction like that. Um, because, men's physique is more so putting on a show. Um, It's, it's a little bit more of a perform. So like there's posing routines and that's like a performance, but with, with men's physique, it's, you're not posing in a sense. You're trying to like put on performance of like, this is what's supposed to be ideal. And with classic, it's posing to highlight the muscles where men's physique, the performance is just standing normally essentially. And it's like, it's a different kind of world. Same with, same with men's open. It's a different world. And, and you talk to anybody, but who anybody who is in men's open, it's like, you're obese. Noel diesel talks about it. He's like, um, it's like, you're obese. Like that's how big they are. Like Noel Diesel's yeah. like almost. He's huge. Yeah. And like, it's, you're literally moving around like you're obese. Like you're fucking it's, you're winded all the time. You're mo- muscle. You're moving around all this fucking muscle. So it's hard to do things like posing routines and dancing and shit like that. That's why it's not involved. But, Um yeah, men's physique is a performance. You're not posing. It's not a posing routine, it's a performance. Um, where with the posing routine you you highlight individual movements and you just want to seamlessly move from pose to pose. Um, but to kind of circle back, here's a good example of what I was talking about with the splits. So it's this is female splits. So Monday, legs and glutes. I don't know why it's legs and glutes, glutes is your legs. Um, Tuesday is chest and back. Wednesday, legs and calves, Thursday, arms, shoulders and abs. And then Friday, legs and glutes. So you hit legs three times, glutes twice, essentially. I don't know why it's legs and glutes. Um, and then Saturday, Sunday, rest. So, um, so like legs and glutes would be like barbell back squat, barbell deadlift, lying leg curl. Okay. Um, legs and calves, trap bar deadlift. Um, interesting. Barbell back squat, barbell Romanian deadlift. Okay. And legs and glutes, barbell back squat, walking dumbbell lunge. And leg press. Um, those are the movements. It's it's interesting to see that. But yeah, it's wild. It's these these splits are so so backwards. You could also do this one here. Here's another one. Lower, upper, rest, lower, upper, rest, rest. So you, you would kind of hit them both at the same time. You could do lower, upper, lower, upper, lower, rest, rest. So there's so many different kinds of splits that women can do, but it's like literally the exact opposite of what men do. So take what men do, flip it, you got women's splits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's wild. But yeah, I mean, I think th- at the end of the day, your split is going to come down to your goals and what your body responds to the best. Um, when you're prepping for a show, you got to kind of train less. Um, you don't want to inflame, especially peak week, you don't want to inflame your muscles. So you're going to be training less with less volume. Well, you're going to be training high volume, but overall less sets. And you're not going to be training as hard as usual. So you do like, you don't really go to failure on anything. You might do like 14 to 20 reps for a lot of your sets and you don't really go to failure. You just kind of move. Um, and then, but like when you're, when you're in the off season and, um, start of prep, it's going to just come down to what your body responds to the best. And then from there also like what you need to work on, you know, off season, you need to build the size, but then when you're prepping for a show, what do you need to cut down on? What do you need to kind of improve like last minute tweaks? Like what, Do I need to come in with more full of an incline, you know, or upper chest, or do I need to come in more full with lower lats? Like, what do I need to improve in the short term to, to come in with a better full package where off is really when you make those, those progress steps, you know, building the muscle size. So, uh, your split's going to depend entirely upon, like I said, what you, what you need to do, where you're at in your, your journey and, um, what your body responds to the best and no, no split works for everybody. There's no one size fits all you're going to need to experiment um, I've experimented with different kinds of splits. And also at the same time, when you experiment with these splits, you need to experiment them with, for, for a few months, you need yep. to do it for a few months to really understand whether or not it's actually beneficial. And, and if you're responding well, um, you can't do a split for two weeks and then be like, yeah, just not really responding. Well, dude, your body hasn't even adapted to it yet. You're not even, you yeah. don't even, your body doesn't we know you're doing that yet. So give it a few months then be like, okay, this is the progress that I made with the exact same shit over three months versus this one over three months and I made more progress here than I did here. So let's go back to this split. And that's how I've been able to determine six, six day split. So, um, I don't recommend six day splits to most people, honestly. Um, I'm kind of in the minority of splits. I think less than six days a week is, is way more common than six days a week. Um, so most likely you're probably not gonna respond well to six days, but just for me, that's just what works well. So at the end of the day, that's what you need to do. Listen to your body. Yep. We always say that.
0: Listen to your body. Listen to your body and actually be smart. Think about things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't just don't just go into it willy-nilly and not plan for anything. You got to stay consistent. Hmm. That's how you
0: know if things work or not. Yep. But with that, guys, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. And, of course, keep sending any feedback that you guys have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Comment, send us emails, like, whatever, reach out, and we'll address
0: it later on. Cool. All right, guys, till next week. All right, see you guys. Bye, everybody.